Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch-fest networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. What is up, connectors? We are back with another episode, ladies. And I got to be honest with you, we've got another dude on here. But this one is really interesting because he is the man that introduced Sam and I, which ultimately led to Connector being born. So if it wasn't for him, we don't know if we would all be here right now. We are excited to introduce you to professional, natural bodybuilder from Musclemania, Mr. California 2017. Junior Mr. America 2017, owner and founder of Perfect Online Coaching, Personal Training, Private Gym, Clothing, Seasonings, all of the things, first degree black belt. You are here to meet Mr. Jordan Ramirez. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I was actually hoping you were going to cut off right when you said he is the man. Intro no, and you got so many I credentials. I should have done that because I'm out of breath at this point. That was a lot of stuff. <laughs> That was a good intro, though. I like that. You named everything I've ever done cool in my life. Thank you. All the things, <laughs> all the way back to black belt from childhood days. That was right. I haven't done I haven't done that since I was twelve. So I had to throw it in there, though. You got to throw it in there. Cool what did you do shit. when you were like ten? Well, I was still doing. Time. I was like probably <laughs> he a wasn't red, doing, was probably like a red belt. He wasn't doing cool things then. <laughs> Mr. White Belt, Brown Belt, Yellow Belt, <laughs> Jordan Ramirez. Yeah, I was like red belt. It actually took me a long time to get my black belt. It took Did me it? How come? Ten? No, not ten years. Probably seven years. Oh, we were you like just a, not showing a, up to class? Oh no, I was the best. He was of the in best. trouble. He was doing wall sits the whole time. That's true too. But they had a a certain amount of time you had to be a belt before they let you test into the next one. All right, well, you made it here and we're gonna dive right on in. So the first question okay. we have dun, for dun, you. Dun. I'm ready for it. So you are the the man, the myth, the legend who introduced Rachel and I. Connector essentially wouldn't even be a thing without you being a part of our lives, which is really crazy to actually think about. Did you know when you introduced Rachel and I that we were going to create something as as what we have done with Connector and start taking over the female entrepreneurship market. What kind of mind process has it been on your end to watch what we've been able to create? Because you knew us separately. Well, I'm happy for you guys' wins and I'm proud of both of you. I think, I don't know who I was talking to first. I don't know if I'd reached out to Rachel and said, hey, I have a friend and a client that's coming out to Austin. You have to meet each other. I don't know if I told you there's like your twin that has different hair, different look and everything, but she's also out in Austin and you need to meet her. But I knew that something would come of it. I knew that you guys were going to build something, either better each other or just be the best of friends. I knew it because you guys both have the same goofy ass personality that everybody loves. So I just knew you guys would blend and mesh and I didn't know what was going to come of it, but I think that's what I told you. I was like, you need to go be friends with her. She already lives there and you guys are going to do something. I don't know what it is, but... 
I'm still waiting on my 10% <laughs> <laughs> referral fee. We'll um, give you a cut later. <laughs> yeah, we'll pay later. No, it was really interesting. This is a story for another day, but we pulled up to the gym where we met when you introduced us and both of us pulled up in our lifted truck, lifted Jeep, looked at each other. It could be intimidating to meet another girl, especially if you've never met them before. And we were like, this is weird. Um, <laughs> both blaring country music. <laughs> yeah, see, it was too weird. Was like, it's weird. These girls, this is meant to be, she's moving to Austin for something. And you didn't even know what you were going to Austin for. You just... Uh-uh, I didn't know a single person. You're like, you got to meet this one. I was like, well, I'm down for a friend. So Yeah, see? And look where we're at now. Did you guys meet the first time you went out when you just checked it out? Or was mm -hmm. it when you moved out there officially? No, it was when I moved out there officially. Yeah, so for context, I didn't know a single person moving to Austin. I literally booked a flight, found a apartment, put a down deposit on it, and then moved there a month later. And Rachel was the first person I met through Jordan. Crazy. We had like texted though. We started sending each other memes. And we were like, if Jordan says it that we're the memes. same we should meet and so we started sending each other memes and over time yeah and then she dropped a bomb on me and she was like jordan said that you're hard to work with because you're fiery and i was like i said that a year after we started working <laughs> i kept that quiet for a bit um so context he's giving me the side eye right so i think that you know fiery maybe it was the wrong context to put that in i think fiery and like coachable are two different things because you can you're still very coachable um, I was about to say, so I'm think not just, coachable. No, but that would be, I think that in that context that I said it, fiery, it probably wasn't the right thing. She's almost like a Latina, but she's not Latina. You can just, you can expect whether you're right or not, you can expect something to be said back or. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. smart. Yeah. Just like, okay. That's All me. Right. We're here for it. I mean, I'm working with her every day. That's 100% accurate. It's a perfect blend for you. <laughs> but it's too, good. Because it's you're good. like that. You're kind of not. You're more just. It, we balance patience. each other out. Yes. Yin yang. Yin and yang. has patience. Okay. I do not. Let's talk about you, though. Yes. Let's do it. I like that. Like talking about me. <laughs> Switching gears. So I remember Perfect being a vision that you literally dreamed of in like high school. You were talking about it in the OG days. And obviously now you've gone through like perfect seasonings, perfect gym, perfect clothing, all the different things. What has this journey been like for you to build Perfect up over the years? Honestly, just like school of life in a way, like without going to school, that's what it's felt like. Just trial and error, trial and error, able to meet people in a positive manner and, you know, help them or not. Over the years, you get to see whether that's their fault or your fault and then kind of repurpose and rebuild your own program and what you have to offer or kind of, you know, say, okay, that one wasn't my fault. That person's just not it. That's why they didn't work. But it started in high school, my senior year, I decided not to wrestle and I wanted to start bodybuilding. I had no clue why, I just had this dream of having like a nice body and I saw Jeff Side, I think, and Steve Cook and they were doing this YouTube vlog traveling around the world and getting paid from Gymshark. They were paying these guys Gym to just- Gymshark days. Yeah, it was like when they first started popping off and they were paying for their travel and they got like a, you know, a salary and whatnot. And I was like, oh, this is cool. We can get paid to just go travel all around the world and work out and that's kind of when it started. And then throughout that year, I started thinking about, you know, do I want to go to school or do I want to do something else? And I was like, wow, you know, being a business owner would be cool. I don't know what the hell I want to do, but I'll just create a brand. And I made a shirt with 
perfect on it. It actually said perfect lifestyle. That's what the first one was. It was white with red letters, huh? It was, yeah, the original ah. color, it was like a block letters perfect and then a cursive lifestyle. The cursive that the lifestyle is, is actually the font that the lifestyle was in. That's the font that we use now for perfect, but I had no clue what I wanted it to be. I just was like, I've come up with something at some point. Let's just start with a t-shirt. And people were you know, supportive and they're like, oh, this is cool. You know, people at that time had already asked me for help in the gym and nutritional help and stuff. So over, I'd say my senior year into my first year of college, which didn't last very long, I came up with the whole idea of being a personal trainer, helping people better themselves, achieve their dream body. And just, like I said, down the years, I always had the goal of opening a gym once I decided I wanted to be a trainer. I just didn't know when it was gonna happen. And I actually came up with a uh, five-year plan and on that fifth year, I was supposed to open a gym and it looks nothing like my gym. It was supposed to be like 50,000 square feet and have like a turf football field in it and all of this extra stuff. But we still got the gym by year One five. Day. One day. Yeah, next step. I think it's cool that even though you had this really grand vision of having a gym with the turf and you went in and told me a lot of the visions back when we worked together too. And it's just this really grand vision of what perfect could become but you started with a t-shirt and you had no idea how you were gonna get there, but you had a t-shirt done. And then you still moved with it, you still started with it and you saw support from that. You had momentum grow from that t-shirt. And I think a lot of people that we talk to, they get so nervous about how am I gonna make this all come to life? And you were able to show from your results here that if you just start with one actionable thing like a t-shirt, you don't have to know the house. You have to know exactly the roadmap to get there. Just start with something. And for you, that was the t-shirt, which is really cool to see what it starts to blossom into. Yeah, and stuff falls in your lap. You know, stuff just happens randomly. Like, I mean, look, neither of you thought you'd be doing what you did right now before you met each other. You know, maybe something in the same industry or down the same road, but stuff just happens. You know, you meet people, you get help, you get support. And I think those are the two biggest things at first was noticing that people want to support, you know, and people want community, which you guys know are professionals at, but people really want, you know, they want to support you and they want community and they want support back. So if you can somehow find something that offers all three of those things, I think people are going to be down. Yeah. So this journey obviously hasn't been sunshine and rainbows the whole perfect way, even though it's perfect fitness. What has been some of the challenges that you've ran into or big lessons that you've learned along the way? I think the first big lesson I learned with just personal training was not devaluing myself. And I learned that through working for LVAC, which is a major big box gym out here, like a corporate type of thing. I didn't realize for the first, I think, year I worked there was, you know, I would work a certain amount of hours. And if you worked a certain amount of hours for the gym, you could have free rent and run your own business. And so you put the little LVAC uniform on. You probably remember they had like blue shirts. That was when you were training me. You were working at LVAC in the beginning. Okay, so the yeah. perfect. And then you could work so many hours, you had the minimum to get free rent. Or like if you worked less, you could pay a little bit of the rent. But I did it at first because I was like, you know what, I'll save the 800 bucks or whatever it was to not pay rent and just work for them. But I didn't realize that, you know, the perspective of others, if they're like, okay, well, I see that you work for LVAC, I know they're paying you minimum wage and maybe that means you're not good enough to have your own clients or run your own business. So 
why would I want to work with you over somebody else? And I think, you know, that tied with, I was young. I started personal training when I was 18. So whether you're smart, you have the knowledge or not, it's hard for people to accept that you're much younger than them and they're going to expect you to teach them and, you know, invest in you to teach them. So I think that was another challenge at first too, but making the switch from working for LVAC and getting the free rent or whatever and just saying, screw it, I'm just going to invest into the rent. That was a huge change because now nobody had access to me or nobody could really tell me when to work, what to do, or tell me what my value was based off of that. That it was just the only way you could work with me was it if you set a consultation and you paid me. And that was it. That was a huge switch up. Another big change or thing that I learned was not working at a big box public gym. And what I learned from that was I switched over to the Lift Factory, which is a private gym here in Vegas, was that matter whether you're, you know, private training only, not working for the business or not, people can still see you. And so you're kind of giving away what you're doing in your sessions when you're working at a big box gym because somebody could be interested in training you and so they take the time to maybe like follow you around see what you're doing see how you train and sometimes that could be good or sometimes that could be like i don't really want to work with them i saw what they do whatnot so working at a private gym nobody can really see what you do unless they're a member there until they come and pay you to work with you so that was a huge switch up that was when i upped my prices and the third biggest change i made in my business that helped a few things that helped me grow the business and make more money and also helped me get long lasting results for all of my clients and actually getting more results and just adding more value to the program was not just doing sessions and focus more on I guess the programming and you know the content of everything they're trying to do and like the actual game plan so giving people nutrition whether it's meal plans grocery lists or just guidelines or giving them actual workouts to follow, whether it was a, you know, a full year's worth of workouts or updated daily or updated weekly, whatever it was, kind of selling that and then adding in sessions as they'd want them or adding in a package of sessions on top of that. That was huge. And at the time, I don't think a lot of trainers were doing that or they maybe they still don't. They just try to sell their hour of training. They're just like, oh, yeah, I charge this much per session. And, and that's pretty much what it is. And so the conversation stops there to where if you can like get people on a full program and talk about, you know, what they need to change in their life and their daily habits and be like, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this, and you sell that. And they're like, okay, what about, what about us working out? And be like, oh, actually, yeah, we can throw in workouts too, this much per hour or whatever. So switching up your offer. Yeah. That, I feel like that's huge. And I want to know when you open the doors to your gym, I feel like that would be nerve wracking because you're going from working at LVAC to now taking this big leap of faith. You're signing a contract, you're putting however much in for a down deposit or maybe you paid for whatever and you don't know if you have clients yet or maybe you did have clients. Were there any nerves going through at the time or what was kind of the thoughts when you opened the doors? You know, I think about that myself now, like these days and all of last year and whenever after that, I thought about that millions of times whenever I feel like I'm going through something hard or something stressful. And I think back to like, oh my gosh, I literally had this whole building with no equipment in it and probably had like 25 paying clients at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was December of 2020. It was really, you know, it was huge on all my clients to continue to support and like pay their bill and stay on board because 
we were in there for the first two or three months with just literally like a squat rack I had from home, you know, a couple of benches, some dumbbells up to like 30 pounds, PVC pipes, resistance bands, and somehow made that work. I had one treadmill and one spin bike from the house. Basically everything just what I had in my garage gym and made that work for the first three to four months. Everybody just thought it was cool that I had a gym in the first place or I think they could see the vision or they believed in me enough to stick around and kind of see how it turned out. And I had a couple people drop off, but I had a lot of support in that first three to six months of putting everything together and that helped a lot. Because if I didn't have that, I probably would have spent a lot more money. And, you know, because that, with that help, I was able to, you know, pay the bills and still have money coming in. So that was huge. Maybe I was so excited in the beginning to where I didn't get nervous too much. But I think back and I was like, how was I not? <laughs> I get like nervous or stressed nowadays. And I'll think back like, oh, my God, I played it off well. And I had nothing in there. And like people were still coming to sign up. That was definitely a challenge. I was doing more consultations and stuff through Zoom because I didn't want people to come to an empty gym and see a treadmill and a spin bike and like one piece of equipment in the back. And I'm like, this is. I was training with you then because I started with January 2021. Talking with you, you're so confident in the vision and your purpose and what it is that you can offer. That was just like projected out and I could feel that from you. I had zero question that coming into a gym when there's only a few pieces of equipment was going to affect the way that I performed because I had belief in you and I had just met you. So that belief was coming from your confidence. And so I think what the lesson I guess we could learn from this is when you know you're in alignment with your purpose, it doesn't matter if you don't have it all done. It doesn't matter if you only have a couple pieces of equipment. What matters is you believe that you're supposed to be there and the community that you surround yourself with too. All of them believed it too, including myself. Exactly. That was perfect. Yeah. So when you came in, what did I have back there? Everything I said? Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. One rack and a couple benches. The floor wasn't done, I don't think. The floor wasn't done. (laughs) There was was no mirrors, I don't think either. (laughs) That was the other trial through those first six months. You know, the first thing we brought over everything from my garage basically that I had and then Second, we might have got a couple squat racks and like mm-hmm. a bench in first. And then... It just kept adding as I kept coming back. Mirrors finally went up. The floors was... I was actually trying to save money and I had a buddy who had done it before. So it wasn't anything like I hired a professional because we made this all work within... I'd say like I, the loan I got was only $60,000 for the equipment itself. But we made it all work probably within like 80000 maybe like 20000 of my own money. And... We made that whole gym work within that budget. So I had like so much left to do the floors with and I didn't want to leave them just the nasty carpet tile and concrete that it was because it was all types of fucked up. But <laughs> uh, you know, I got a couple quotes and they're like, you do like epoxy and uh, rubber in the back and stuff and crazy numbers were coming at me. They're like, yeah, this will be 20K for the whole floor, da, 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 15K. And so finally my buddy was like, man, let's do this shit ourselves. Like <laughs> I've done this before. and. We ordered a whole bunch of epoxy and the color and stuff from China and actually really didn't do much. He kind of did it all, but that was fun too. And then during that time, were you there during the time that we kind of had to push everything over to yep. one side and then the other side? Yep. <laughs> we had the big ass heaters back there blowing That was on the like floor. around show prep time or that was around like competition time too. So it was getting close. Uh-huh. Ended up take, we thought it was going to take a couple weeks and it was taking us like three months to get the whole floor done. We kind of both sucked and... Uh, neither of us really knew how to do it so we kept going back over it and doing it again and 
Sometimes you got to get scrappy to make your dreams happen. I feel like to piggyback off of what Sam said, I was kind of in it. I wasn't around necessarily for that part of time. I didn't see the gym, but I was around like LVAC days when you had this like five-year plan and you're still working for LVC, but you would show up to our training sessions and be like, one day we're going to be training in a gym. And I think one thing that you've had that's been unique, we were actually just talking about this before we started, was that you've always been really set on your vision. And it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what curveballs are thrown at you. You're like, I'm going to make it happen. Perfect is going to be a huge thing and it's going to change lives. And you've always been really set on that. What would What piece of advice or what would you tell somebody that's maybe still in their beginning stages? They have this five-year plan. They don't know how they're going to make it work. And they feel like they're kind of hitting that wall a little bit. What did you tell yourself during those times to get yourself going? You know, a lot of people, I feel like when they set out for some type of vision or some type of plan that they want to put together, they always make themselves like a plan B or a fallback plan or something else that they can do, you know, along the way too. So that way in case it doesn't work, but I never did that for myself and I never made a plan B or gave myself another option. I never kept going to school or said like, oh, you know what, I'll work part-time here and do this. I always just dove all the way in and said, okay, it's like, this has to work. Otherwise, I'm going to be broke and homeless. And this is my only option. And I think doing that kind of makes it not only to where obviously you put all your time and energy into what you're supposed to do, but you kind of have to make it work. You're in this state of emergency to constantly grow, get better, make it work. Otherwise, like I said, it's you have nothing else to do, so this is it. Burn the boats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Burn the boats. I can relate to that. I want to ask you about just a champion's mindset for a okay. second. So you yourself have won a number of, we all heard it in the very beginning. All <laughs> the things. <laughs> a number of, a lot of competitions. And you've also trained a lot of competitors that have also become champions, Rachel and I included. Do you notice the difference when you're training someone early on, how their mindset is different? versus someone that maybe isn't taking it as serious. Okay. I think the first thing that somebody needs to be, and we can put these in the same kind of category, like consistency and dedicated, right? Like I just said, like you need to be committed to whatever your vision is or your goal is, whether it's I want to win first place at a show or get my pro card or it's just I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, well, you need to be dedicated to that idea and that goal and you need to see through it. Because, you know, me, I've done it a whole bunch of times before. I've seen it happen. I've seen other people do it. I've seen myself do it. So I know it can happen. Now you just need to be consistent, like, with the actions that are required to accomplish that goal. Another big thing that I've seen, the main differences between someone who doesn't achieve their goals and someone who does really well is somebody being, like, coachable and compliant. You know, they believe what you're going to – why are you laughing over there? Because we just talked about how I'm not coachable and I'm fiery. No, no, no. He said said you You were coachable. You are coachable. You're also fiery. (laughs) No, I I know. Coachable with a side of attitude. Yes. I was a hothead back then. A side of sass. For sure. (laughs) But, okay, they need to be coachable. Coachable and compliant. You know, if you guys are helping me build some social groups and stuff like that, just to sidebar here. Now, if I just – told you guys like, nah, screw you, I don't believe that'll work. So, and I go, don't go do it when you're like, we literally do this or if that would make me uncoachable and you know not compliant with what you do. But if I actually go take what you've done, do it myself, put the things together and try it, probably will work eventually, even if it doesn't at first. So someone that doesn't necessarily, I guess, believe in you or doesn't believe your process and they won't try to learn from what you're saying. You know, 
you can see red flags from like the first couple of weeks of working with somebody. Like maybe they just, they come in like, ah, I was on and off, hit or miss on my, my diet. You know, I did good one day and then shit for the rest. Or, well, I wanted to do my cardio, but I, I just got on for five minutes and I didn't do that. And they're like, well, I'm really good on my diet and all this. And they're like, okay, but the plan says, get your diet perfect, do your workout and do certain amount of calories on cardio, but you didn't do all of it. So you can't expect to see the result from that. You can see those early on in working with somebody and you see like, all right, this person's not going to make it or it's going to take them twice, three times as long because they got to buy into the process Mm -hmm. and really believe what you're telling them to do and actually do it. So what was that like when working with Rachel and I? What was your experience with that? So two different time frames. Your show was actually, we might have met in 2016, but your show was actually 2018. Yeah. Right? At that time, I think I'd already went private, but at LVAC still, it was kind of before I went to the Lyft factory in that phase of things. I think it was actually after that show that I switched over to the Lyft factory because yeah. I wanted to go completely private. I would say between 2018 and 2021, I probably learned a lot more, I guess both nutritionally and like on the fitness aspect of things more, but are you asking the different, like how I went about it differently or how you guys were different? So you trained Rachel at a time where she was, what, you're 18? I was 18. I was fiery. I was dramatic. <laughs> yeah. And I was 23. And so we had won the same title two different years in a row. And so what was your experience working with us? Not necessarily your approach, but your experience working with us. I think it'd be interesting for our listeners to kind of hear what we were like at that time. Absolutely. I think that also that's why I was starting with that because I think my experience working with you two is also based off of my experience coaching at all and like you know energy and like what i was putting out at the time i think at the time with rachel i could say that you know she seemed a lot more what was the word i used fiery and fiery passionate i, I passionate. call it passionate we call it yeah, passionate <laughs> exactly you know but that's a good thing i think you know it was just she would take everything really serious to like if the program hadn't been sent to her this morning she'd like call me like an hour within waking up and be like, hey, where's my shit? Like, I need my, I'm about to go grocery shopping and make my shit for the day. Like, Sounds where is it? Right. And I'd be like, that's good though. Like, you want that. You know, if somebody's like, oh shit, I didn't send it yet. So the difference between you two there would be like, Sam would have like, Sam has probably patience. figured it out herself from last week. Or <laughs> just like, hey, I noticed my diet wasn't uploaded yet, but I'm just going to follow last week's until you send me one. Have a good day. And Rachel would be like, where the fuck's my meal plan? (laughs) (laughs) I got shit to do today. (laughs) Again, she was 18. I was 23. But, I mean, sounds about right. (laughs) For sure. Um, Other other than that, I think there's a bunch of things that could change my experience. I had less years in the game. I was kind of on my high horse at the time. So I probably had some attitude as well because I had just got my pro card like five, four months before. Just got those two championships and I, I honestly thought, not that I'm not, I still am, but I'm saying at the time, I Can probably really thought I was the shit. How you made me eat half an avocado on my birthday is my, <laughs> is my cake. That, okay, that's probably the, a major difference, too, is at the time. <laughs> with, with a candle in it. <laughs> at the time, I had known, I had always known about macros and calories and consumption and how much you're expending. But at that time, I still really like bought into the thought that you have to eat a certain type of food leading up into a show to where I'm pretty sure we did all our whole prep on 
just tracking mm -hmm. like you know unless mm -hmm. something made you bloated we'd take it out or, but other than that we'd keep it pretty mm -hmm. flexible to whatever you wanted yeah so at that time i had that option available not for competition there was one time i had an extra rice krispie treat because one of my karate students brought me a rice krispie treat and he was like well you got to go do an extra hour on the stairs and if you put your hand on the bars you're gonna keep doing it yeah i mean also it was probably just <laughs> we a little strict. more strict and yeah he was i mean I think that definitely, that's not my experience at all because I think you were an incredible coach. Um, I didn't actually, say he was a bad coach. No, he's not. <laughs> I wasn't taking that that way. <laughs> um, but the first day that I actually came into Jordan's gym and we had our first training session together, I actually was going through a breakup at the time. And I walked I into his, his gym and I started crying while I was on the squat rack. <laughs> and I started crying and I was so embarrassed because I, it's not typically what I wanted to be doing while I'm training for a, a competition, especially with the first time we've ever worked together. And you pull me aside, you ask, you know, what's going on? You're listening and just going above and beyond what I would have ever imagined for a trainer because you kind of have to be people's, because I did training for five years, you kind of have to be like a, therapist too a little bit right and absolutely yeah and you whether sit, you want to or not otherwise right it's gonna be like this cold-hearted dickhead that nobody wants to open up to anymore so i knew that i knew i was like i'm not gonna dump all my emotions on him but you asked and you were there and then you told me and i'll never forget it because this is exactly what i did you told me i don't know the exact words but this emotion that you were feeling this is when you're living the most and let's go ahead and take that energy of what you're feeling right now and let's use it as fuel Yeah. to win this thing, to yeah. win this competition. I felt that and I was like, he's so right. Like, let me just use this as motivation, as a tool, as fuel, mm -hmm. and let's do this thing. And, and after that, I heard you speak on a podcast about it later. Like I, we never talked about it again. It was just fuel, it was just motivation. And it was what, you know, started our entire experience working together. I instantly just felt trust around you. Like you were a really good coach. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, that was that's true, though, because I mean, I could think back over the years and anytime I had like something crazy, I don't know, like traumatic happen. I feel like those are also whether it's like a rock bottom feeling or whatever happens. I feel like those are years of change. And like when you put the most effort into bettering yourself or improving and that's exactly what it is you need that as fuel because it's like i said before the it's like you know it's a state of emergency to get better or do better because nobody wants to like get out of a, a breakup and be worse than they were in the breakup like you want to come out of that and make them not necessarily for them but you're like i want them to fucking be like damn i should have yeah. did better with them like they're moving on and up and all this i think we have two options when we hit those points in our life where something tragic, whether it's a breakup, whether it's losing your house, whether it's, you know, something going on in your finances, whatever that looks like, you have two options. You can take the road of just continuing like to feel like that victim of like, oh, you know, this sucks, it's so hard. And you know, sit in those emotions for a little bit if that's what you feel, just get those emotions out, but don't stay stuck. And talking that conversation with you, it allowed me to get some of that emotion out because I was sad. And that's okay. And then it allowed me to move forward. Don't stay stuck in that. And so I think that you're a real good catalyst for helping me through that. It's like a fight or flight type of thing. Mm -hmm. And every time you pick flight and not fight, I feel like, you know, you kind of attack your own little warrior within side of you. And so from then on, you're always going to kind of resort back to 
more of the fleeing and not mm-hmm. fighting back. I remember for the longest time, I had a problem with approaching women like in public and not just out somewhere and want, didn't you know want to seen someone I wanted to talk to, but then I did it. And the more I did that, the, the more it became harder for me to ever actually approach anybody. Or that goes for like people in general. Like I seen someone like, oh man, I bet that could be a client or whatever and just spark up conversation. And the more that I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I'd be nervous and I don't want to, I would just back off. And then after that, every time I ever wanted to, I was like, no, last time I thought, and you think about whenever you didn't do it the last time. So same goes for everything. If you don't ever just fight back or use it to better yourself or whatever, you're always going to resort to that fleeing or victim mentality or whatever it may be. 100%. Going back on what you guys were saying, I think Sam and I have reflected a lot on what it was like working with you over the years separately too. And like we talk about how you've grown over the years. I think that I've grown over the years and Sam has grown over the years too. And it's really interesting when you worked with me, I was in my beginning stages of fitness. I knew nothing about health and fitness. I also had recently gone through a pretty bad breakup where someone told me like, you will never be anything, you'll never be fit, you'll never this. Hey, most of my six packs are made from breakups. Right, <laughs> right, that's why I won that show. No, but you know, and I was using that, I was kind of acting out of fear. And so when I would call you and be like, give me my fucking meal plan, it was like, I need this, I don't know how else to achieve this, but I have this fear that I won't win. And so I was facing bodybuilding, not knowing anything about fitness, not knowing anything. And then after working with you was really what spiked me wanting to learn more because I saw how you trained me. I saw how you trained other women. And then I was like, oh, I kind of want to learn and be a trainer myself or at least learn how to train myself. Whereas working with Sam, it was kind of a point in her life where she already knew about fitness and about habits and you were bringing extra knowledge to the table. But I feel like she was just there for that extra accountability. And so we were completely in different phases of our own lives when you worked with us as well. And I feel like it all correlates to us growing up to be who we are now. <laughs> now you guys are just killing it and everything you killing do. Killing the game. You too. You now fitness, too. I feel like for both of you, is probably like the back of your hand. And But I still feel like both of you, if you did want to do a show, I feel like you would have a coach. Call up Jordan. Oh, for sure. I will always get a coach for everything because it's just... I think there's so much value, not just in fitness, but investing in a mentor in anything. Even when we launched podcast, we hired on a whole crew to help us. We could probably figure it out ourselves, but it's so much easier to hire in an expert. That's their only thing that they focus on. There's so much value in in hiring in an expert to teach you things. Not only that, but I mean, maybe taking the responsibility off of yourself, like in a weird way is like, okay, they got to take care of my diet and my training. So if I don't win the show, it's their fault as long as I'm doing everything, you know? Yeah, for sure. Okay, I want to take it back years beforehand because we all also have something in common, and that is Taekwondo. Yeah. And I personally believe my Taekwondo experience made me the entrepreneur that I am today. There's so many life lessons, life skills, things that were in my upbringing. I'm a third degree, second degree. You're a first degree, Mm -hmm. right? What do you feel like you learned from Taekwondo that now set the foundation for your work, work ethic? Discipline, for sure discipline and living by some type of schedule because I actually I'm not sure what you guys did exactly in Taekwondo I know that we're all black belts but I did Olympic style sparring you know that was the main thing so I I didn't go to just like class and stuff like that but I would go to specific classes with other kids who were 
competing in junior Olympics and some adults that were going to like the Olympic trials and stuff like that. So we had like a routine that we'd have to follow when we were in prep, which would be usually like March through July, whenever the Olympics were. And it would, you know, involve like three days a week. We'd have to all meet up at like five in the morning and do runs and like park workouts. And there was a class that I would get taken out of school early. Like I'm talking to elementary and middle school. I would get taken out of school early to go train. And I would do, you know, like a the Olympic training class and do like sparring. And then like I'd have like 30 minutes to start working on homework or whatever I had to do for school. And then there would be like the nighttime classes. And by the time we'd get home, it'd be like nine o'clock time for bed wake up and do it all over again so i mean the discipline of like not acting a fool and respecting your elders and you know we, you had to shake hands and bow and taekwondo but still it's like always shaking people's hands looking them in the eye introducing yourself yes, stuff sir, like that yes, were just little things that yeah exactly like stuff like that you don't talk back to elders i think taught me to be very respectful and just a good kid i guess and then into a good person as well mm-hmm. and it also made things like wrestling in high school which was also another challenge a challenge in a different way but it made it that and it made bodybuilding so much easier for me because i was already used to working out on top of training on top of training on top of doing school work on top of having a schedule and never having time really to oh do you want to just hang out or do you want to go do something i never really did that because i was always in taekwondo and then for the couple of years before high school that i wasn't i can remember actually during that time i just played baseball and i got kind of like chunky during that and I don't know if it was the lack of activity or just and I felt like I got lazy in a way mm-hmm. during those years but then still back to wrestling I was just always on both of the sports together I feel like I was just always on some type of schedule and routine and eating healthier because you didn't want to eat like shit and then go off to like fight or you know perform you wouldn't feel good or you have to go to the bathroom or something so always eating healthy waking up early being on a routine and being disciplined I think that's what I got from it I can agree. I think that it really set a foundation for us as well, or me personally, of discipline is is normally the route I go when I I talk about Taekwondo and being raised in martial arts. And I also realized I really love winning (laughs) during that time frame. I really love like bringing home the first place and I would be so hard on myself when I would not win really hard to the point where I would cry and I would not talk to anybody for like at least three days. And sometimes I would like feel like, you know, I don't deserve dessert today (laughs) or things like that. And I would just tell myself these things. And to an extent, it served me so well because there's so many, like you're mentioning, like we, we have great routine, we have great habits, we've learned discipline, we learn not to give up on things. Yeah. We learn to work towards and move forward towards those harder things in life. And then I also had a learning experience as well where I didn't learn that it's okay to not always be a winner and to not always be taking home a trophy and to learn that failure is okay. And I think that the one thing from martial arts that I didn't understand was failure was okay. And so that lesson for me personally came a lot later in life. I don't know if you relate to that at all or you as well. We never really talked about that, but I was always after achievement, always after like you did good. And I needed that satisfaction from other people as well. And so when I learned to disassociate from that and learn that I'm okay to fail forward, and failure is good, and reconvene what failure even means in my own mind. That was a, a new journey for me. I can really relate to that. I feel like 
in Taekwondo, we were held to a different standard than everyone else we grew up with that was the same age as us in school. We had to be disciplined. We had to have confidence. We had to have this respect for elders, like you said. One thing for me was learning the value of leading others. Because once I became a black belt, I started teaching other classes, teaching other students. And I had this like utmost amount of confidence, which was almost negative to an extent, right? And I had to learn how to be humble and lead other students and allow myself to let down my guard of being this perfect instructor and truly just connect with them and be able to guide them, help them through the hard times, help them see their worth and help them believe in themselves and be that support system for them as well. And I feel like that was a huge catalyst for me getting out of my own way and being able to really provide support and listen to other students and see where they're at, meet them where they're at. Yeah, there's almost like that face that comes with martial arts of like, you don't show signs of fear, you don't show signs of emotion. And our biggest mission with Inside of Connector is to lead with vulnerability. If you cannot show where you need support, you cannot get to the next level in your business success. Like you need to be able to ask for help in certain areas and be coachable, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was something that had to be like retrained a little bit. I agree. And back to the even the winning thing, like we were able to be, you know, fail or lose or something, but it, only if you absolutely tried your best and otherwise you would. I remember getting in trouble mm-hmm. and you'd be like fought like shit that day or you didn't do well or you didn't have your full effort and energy. They'd be like, no, you lost because of you. Like, you know, they wouldn't say, oh, you lost because that person was good. But you could see the difference there from my coach anyways or my master. He would be like, you know, you lost today because that kid was just better. Like, he, you know, trained hard, you fought hard, he beat you by a point. Like, he just, he had it today and you didn't. Otherwise, it would be like, no, nah, you fought like shit because I could tell you were tired, you were lazy, you took your warm ups not serious, and they would be straight up about it. Mm. But I agree with the, I wasn't actually going to say fear showing that, but I know that, like, you know, we weren't allowed to cry. You know, oh, if no. you lost or Walsets. started crying, or if you, like, hurt, mm-hmm. even if you hurt yourself in a match, like, someone kicked you and broke something you remember I broke my toe one match and like I they could tell I was fighting back tears like to the point to where you know when you're holding in tears and you got that like one second <laughs> down, wipe it <laughs> off because I'm like I'm not crying yep I'll never forget that that was a big deal crying and showing emotion for yeah. sure yeah. and there, I remember the, I don't know are all the tenants the same like the five tenants of Taekwondo or they in the same law schools it was like modesty integrity self-control perseverance and indomitable spirit for the things and Some the self-control. Ours was structure, emotion, knowledge, and legacy. See, I probably didn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never go to school. <laughs> that sounds like school. <laughs> I'm going to find my book somewhere. I got this book and it has all the... Did you guys have to speak Korean? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's a thing for everybody. It has like all the, you know, the vocabulary. And the Do I remember any <laughs> of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I remember. definitely don't remember any Come of it. Come on. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to our next question here because our audience is primarily female women. And uh, I want to ask, exactly. So you work with majority of women. What are some things that women have actually taught you in your just sessions or working with them? What have you learned from women? The biggest thing I've learned, I think, from training more women than men and just me not being like a rock over the years and actually opening up or being vulnerable, I think women approach things differently, you know, than men. Men usually approach with like a straight logical point of view, like, okay, tell me why and like, tell me 
how to do it and then you're good to go to where women i think they'd like to know why and how to do it but also they have this emotional perspective or aspect of things i think you need to break down things a little bit more to women and help them understand like you know and on a deeper level and not to be so quick to be just that strict dickhead coach women don't usually take that as well maybe over time or you get to know the person you can see that maybe i don't want to say more like a dude but they're like more like a dude in a way to where they're just like i don't give a fuck tell me how it is but a lot of girls you know you need to take the more of that like patient explain hey why this is not okay you know we have this goal set and kind of breaking things down a little bit deeper than just like the logic they're like okay this is why you have to do it and if you're not doing it you're not going to succeed how has that helped you grow in your own life in my own life Mm -hmm. i'd say you know and i grew up with five little brothers no women so other than my mom my grandma like that was it so i didn't really have that learning growing up other than like like i said my mom and she probably was more like a dude anyways but it's helped me i think just maybe in my personal relationships i think that i've taken like patience and i'm very um understanding and you know i hear her out and just like my clients like always you know understanding why like what they're going through kind of digging a little deeper to understand what they're going through in their personal life or outside of what i know so i can understand like this is why you did that this is why you did that whether i like it or not like i understand like you know you're your own person you're going to make choices and decisions based off whatever you're going through at the time or how are you raised and all this thing so i think it's i think it's helped me in my personal relationships be a lot more patient understanding really I definitely agree and just being able to listen and hear people out and have that patience it's so important for women but even you know a lot of men that we've talked to even though they are more logical we've noticed that men aren't always asked those questions that get them to like open up and talk about themselves in like a deeper way and so we've noticed not only with women our community but when we bring that energy towards men they're more willing to connect on a deeper level and so we've really enjoyed just like that feminine energy that you can bring into a man's world i think that it's very balancing and there's a lot of harmony within that so i really appreciate your share on that because i think that it's important that you know women are able to keep that emotion still within all of their relationships that's true you know i've noticed that I had a guy tear up in the gym one time because I simply just like asked him like, hey, how are you? What's going on? You know, I remember something had happened like with his mom and stuff, but I had asked him like a couple weeks later, how's everything going in on that? And I just kind of like stepped out of the gym and into my office and he just started tearing up. He's like, man, since that happened, nobody's actually (laughs) asked me like, am I okay or is everything good going on with my life? And I think that, you know, guys are either mistaken to be or just they try to hold this hard exterior nothing phases them they know everything and if i don't know i'll just figure it out on my own uncoachable type of mindset so it helps when you know you get that energy from a girl but just have another guy that's actually like there for you and like hey man i know you're going through some shit in your life like talk to me like i got you Mm -hmm. call me up if you need like i'll listen to you fucking vent for 20 minutes if you need to i think guys need that too you're right Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Men definitely carrying both the feminine and the masculine, having that harmony between both is so important in their own relationships, not just with a woman. So with most of our 
ladies that are listening, I'm sure a lot of them are working extremely hard behind the scenes on their businesses. And sometimes, you know the grind, it looks like 12 hours straight right at the computer trying to grow something big for themselves. And so probably they're wondering from you, being a fitness expert, what are some tips or maybe top three of your tips for someone who works at a desk the majority of the day? How can she create a healthy lifestyle for herself, whether that's habits or whether that's building more muscle or losing fat? I'm sure that's something that everybody talks about, wanting more muscle, losing fat. But how can someone who is a female entrepreneur working probably the majority of the day on her business be able to reach her fitness goals three tips one is schedule everything whether it's your food your training you know your work sessions whether you go like an hour on 20 minutes off hour on however that looks for you or you work a straight nine to five type of job just schedule everything beforehand so you know what you're going into your day looking at you don't want to like freestyle it and then you got no food at your office you got no water so then it's just like i'll oh, just have what's around or you have no idea you know maybe you, you didn't wake up early enough to go work out so now you got to try to squeeze it in but you got kids at home so you're like ah, oh, you know what i'll just do a quick one and then i'll get home as fast as i can so i can get to bed and hang out with kids schedule everything and if you know you're not going to have time at night to do a lift or whatever type of workout you do a class you should go in the morning probably and get it done Another big thing, this is maybe for some older folks, but for everybody in general, is do some type of like quick 10 minute, 15 minute dynamic stretches or a quick circuit, whatever, just throughout the day, whether it's like on your lunch break or in between your little work sessions, however you do that. And just to move the blood around and open up your hips, open up your back, your legs and everything, it'll feel a lot better. So then by the end of the day, if you're going to work out after that or whatever it may be, you don't feel so achy and sore and you sat in one position for eight hours and hey, you want to go work out, but you know that might be the reason that you don't want to because you're like, oh, I'm kind of sore, I don't want to do that. So I guess first two tips would be uh, scheduling everything, staying active throughout the day, whether that means you work out before and after and you do little stuff in between. And then third, I would just say, find some type of diet that works for you. There's a million diets out there. They're all going to work as long as you're watching your calorie consumption and how many calories you're burning, tracking the macros, whatever it may be. They're all going to come back to that. So you can be keto, vegan, paleo. What else is there? Freaking all the other ones. You can, do, you, you can do all of them. <laughs> Just make sure whatever you're doing, it fits your lifestyle. And it's not like something somebody else told you to do. Like, oh, you should do this because it's best. Don't try it. Make it fit your lifestyle, which means that if you know yourself and you know you're not going to prep 30 meals for the week on a Sunday, don't go buy a bunch of groceries and, you know, find maybe a meal prep company or maybe just pick a couple restaurants that are close to your work or close to your home that you know that is affordable and you can go get and just schedule out your day. Know how much you're going to consume by the end of the day. And then you just stick to that. Go get that thing. Mm. So stick to some type of diet somehow. Make sure you're tracking it. Schedule everything and stay active. So ultimately, just being all in on this goal. We were at a conference this past week, and one of the stories that they talked about is if your family member was held at gunpoint and you were told you have to make this goal happen in order to save them, you would do absolutely anything to do it. And with fitness, I feel like fitness is a really common thing where people say, oh, I want to get fit. I want to start walking. I want to start going to the gym. I want to start eating healthy. But it gets put on the back burner constantly, constantly, constantly. 
And from what you just said are very simple tips. Mm. Literally, go on a walk in the morning, take a sales call on a walk, schedule your meals in, make sure you eat, make sure you stretch right before bed, like very simple things, but it's just a matter of being all in and fully committing to wanting to make that change for yourself. And there's gonna be things every day forever that come into your life and can distract you. Whether it's Susie down the hall bringing, hey guys, I got crumble cookies for the office or you know, your other friends like, hey, drinks on me tonight, let's go out or whatever it may be. You just have to be strong enough to be like, you know what, I have a goal, I'm down to go out, let's go in two months though. I have a goal right now, I'm sticking to it until I achieve my goal, then I can uh, feel accomplished and go out with you or I can have a crumble cookie or something like that. But just stay focused on your goal. Whatever you're putting together a business, you have like a fitness goal, maybe you're in school and you gotta get a paper done. You get too excited and distracted by the little opportunities that pop up, but those opportunities are probably getting you off track or, or, or you know, it's a different pathway to something else. So just stay on your path and it might be a little more boring and it might not be as fun in the meantime, but when you accomplish that goal or you achieve whatever you wanted to achieve, it's gonna feel fun at that point. There's a lot more flexibility, I feel like, in everyone's life when you have already accomplished your goal. You know, maybe your goal is to build a thriving business. So you spend four years ducked out, not having any fun, not spending any money, and you build the business. But then it's booming. It's bringing in lots of money. So now you can go have fun. You can travel a little bit more. You can go have fun. You can spend some money on what you want to spend it on. And then same thing with fitness. Every time I've been at my leanest or in, like, my best shape, those are usually the times that I can go snack more and, like, I can go eat out more and have so much more flexibility in my diet in comparison to when I'm like, okay, I gotta lose 20 pounds. During that loss of 20 pounds timeline, there's no, I can't go have fun because it's gonna just pause me, you know, from achieving that goal. Did you hear that, ladies? Pause that, rewind, listen to what he just said. It's a matter of choosing you. It's a matter of being all in on your vision and making it happen. I wanna switch gears back to what's next for Perfect. We talked about the five-year plan, What's happening in the next year? What's the next goals on the line? So I've had goals and ideas of opening up more locations. I'm not sure exactly if that's maybe in Vegas or Austin. in other cities, Austin, East Coast, who knows. But I honestly want to maximize what this one location can do. I have a couple more years at this one spot. I definitely want, eventually I want, if not another, like, Second location, a different location with more space, more equipment, more everything, you know, better locker room, showers, all this stuff involved. But that's my goal right now is to maximize what we have at the location. You know, I've made it work. I've made it make sense as far as like the business side of it. It's obviously helping people and people are able to achieve their goals. But I want to see its full potential and it's, you know, maxed out. Like how many people can be in here at a time? You know, what all can we offer? Can we offer more than what we're offering now? Can we get better results even faster? What more can I bring to the table? And then once I've kind of perfected, I guess, that whole algorithm formula, whatever that looks like and what's offered, then I want to duplicate. Love it. Well, guys, you have heard it here from Mr. Jordan Ramirez. He is one of the hardest working people that we know, very impact driven and passionate about his work. Where can they get connected with you? 
get connected with me on probably my Instagram, which is where I'm most active. At Jordan Ramirez. And just remember Jordan spelled with an I. J-O-R-D-I-N. Ramirez, one word. If you want to check out my gym and the community there and everybody that works out, the other trainers, just go to at Perfect Gym. And again, Perfect is also spelled with an I. P-E-R-F-I-C-T. Perfect Gym on Instagram and Pretty soon we should have a cool little Facebook group that we're hey, offering free to the public working for on it. free info and workouts and whatever else we're challenges there. challenges events yep. and events. Sam and Rachel are helping me with this, so yes, As you can tell. <laughs> Last question of the day. This is a question that we ask everybody. Obviously, our branding is about connections. We believe you're always one connection away. So what is one connection that has changed the trajectory of your life? Probably my buddy, I'm going to say Dylan Vanis. I think you guys just Dylan had him Bananas. On. Dylan Bananas, <laughs> as I've seen. Dylan was one of the first people I met where he was introduced by actually one of his partners he partnered with now. And he was one of the first people I met and worked with that kind of helped me understand valuing myself the right way and I had already thought that you know I charged a good amount and everything I offered and when I sat him down we kind of did a consultation and then I went over what the price was at the time I just remember like how confused he looked and I immediately went into like oh we can like break it up into payments or something like that like is everything I know it might sound expensive and he was like expensive he was gonna be like what you charge annually is what I would think you would charge monthly and it was like this freaking light switch off of my head of like oh shit I'm not charging enough I gotta he introduced me to a lot of different ideas and just, you know, things on the internet that can make my life a lot easier and the idea of having a virtual assistant or an assistant at all and scheduling things and setting up an offer and just put me more into like a not so much of just like a trainer fitness guy mindset, but also like okay, here, let's introduce all of these other ideas, like, you know, from a business mindset. And it's helped me a lot. Well, I think you're the one connection for us because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't you connecting us. Aw. Yay. I knew knew it was going to be something. (laughs) I don't know what this is going to be. He's right. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think back of it. What if we didn't do that? We just just probably ended up meeting each other anyways. Maybe. That's true. Maybe. Meant to be. Probably. Meant to be. Meant to be. All right. Well, Connectors, you heard it here. Another boy on the show, but we are honored to introduce you guys to Jordan Ramirez. He has been a huge connection for us to build Connector, and he is a great inspiration in the fitness industry or just in the business industry in general. So if you are in Las Vegas, you want to come check out a gym, you want to scroll on Instagram and give him a follow, talk to him about online coaching or just any insight in general, we will link all of those links below. You can click Click on his Instagram, click on his website, learn more about him, and we will see you guys in the next episode. And actually, if you do follow me, DM me, connect her, and I'll send you a month's workouts free. Whoa, connect her, H-E-R. You heard it here. Booyah. Booyah it is. Booyah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the thing? We end all of our podcasts with booyah. Booyah. Booyah.
Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.